Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Nice to be back on board once again today. Minnesota Vikings get their first shutout in, well, about 24 years, and the first ever shutout in Green Bay in 46 bleeping years. Yeah, that's Jared Spurgeon's number on the Minnesota Wild. He's my favorite player, so... Yeah, so, yeah, check out the Brave the Wild podcast if you haven't yet. That's a fun one, brand new show, nice, fresh, and uh, sparkling new as of uh, Saturday morning, late Saturday morning, so do check that out. Those guys need to get their butts in gear. Uh, the Vikings, well, 12-3, and three. very, very strong chance the Minnesota Vikings will be 13-3. and three. How about that? How about that, ladies and gentlemen? 13-3 and three is likely. Uh, let's just get it done. But obviously, today did not come without a cost. Is it just you know it just figures and what what a sloppy slipping and sliding shutout it was. That's the title of the episode: slipping and sliding shutout. You know it just reeked of like someone's going to get hurt, this and that. And of course, multiple Packer players got hurt. Some worse than others, this and that. Multiple Viking players got hurt. Some worse than others. None worse than uh, Nick Easton. That really, 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 really sucks. And uh, luckily, it wasn't uh, the the top. You know, like luckily it wasn't Riley Reef. Or Pat Elfline. Remember, either one of those guys is out. We're freaking screwed. So, yeah. But it still, Nick Easton's value is very much there. They talk about his value in those screenplays and such. How he goes forward. He he he's a good run blocker. This and that. Nick Easton's value uh, way up there. Of course, the slipping and sliding, the dangers. There's always that possibility you're gonna you're gonna slip. Your your cleat's gonna get caught. This and that. And Nick Easton has a broken ankle and broken enough that he needs surgery. So. That really stinks. Um, God, I'm not happy about that. I hate to jump in with the negative stuff, but well, a game like this, it was so ugly. There wasn't a whole lot. Of, there, there isn't a whole lot of fun necessarily in it, other than we got the win and we're 12 and three, and the odds of getting a first round buy are like insanely high. At least I would hope, because the Vikings should, could and should beat the Chicago Bears in U.S. Bank Stadium. At least we'll be in the safe confines of that building, maybe for. Yeah, a long time <clears throat> until the trophy is raised with a white, white and purple and gold jersey. Yep, I, a team's wearing that, yes. <laughs> yeah, white. It would be a white jersey. If the Baltimore Ravens somehow make it and it's a purple bowl, they'll be the ones wearing purple. So there is a possibility a purple uniform will be showing up in the U.S. Bank Stadium and Baltimore's an ever-dangerous club. Don't think they'll get that far. But they've done it before, so, well, yeah, let's be the one that wins, though. Damn it, that's all I care about now. Let's get the damn ring. We got our bajillion division championships over the years. Yes, there were, Green Bay's won it more often of late, but hey, in the 70s and the 80s, we won quite a few. Green Bay didn't win hardly any back in those days. The Bears and the Vikings were big rivals in the 80s, and uh, by the 90s, there's Vikings and Packers, and ever since, it's pretty much Vikings and Packers, occasional Bears or Lions division title, but very rare. Ever since about 92, um, when it was Vikings, Vikings, Vikings. <laughs> of course, 91 and 93, Detroit won the division, this and that. Chicago won the division in uh, 2006, for sure. That was a pretty good Bears team that could not finish the job, this and that. They did win it, believe it or not, the Bears in 2010, but we know what happened. Uh, the Bears hosted the NFC Championship game, and Jay Cutler was on the sidelines in the second half with a more significant injury than people gave him credit. And, uh, well, things went the way they did. I'm kind of bouncing all over the place right out of the get-go. The game was ugly. It was scary. Um, 
Scary, yes, scary. But again, a 16-0 win. First win since 1971, 46 years ago. First shutout, excuse me, in Green Bay by Minnesota since 71. That's a lot of time. A lot of history between these teams. Uh, remember how it's like you look at the central dominance. Minnesota had, I mean, this is back in the 90s. 94, Minnesota already had 40-some wins over uh, Detroit in the history. There was a very positive side for Minnesota versus Detroit. Chicago was still pretty positive. And Green Bay, regardless how icky they were in the 70s and 80s, it was always about 500 back and forth, 50-50 between Vikings-Packers. No matter who was the good team, who was the bad team. Um, so that was the good news. Uh, during the Aaron Rodgers era, the Packers had dominated the Vikings more even than the Favre era, which is crazy. But, of course, the Vikings were a far inferior team to the 90s Vikings during most of Aaron Rodgers' era as the quarterback, with exceptions of 09 and this year. Uh, Vikings get the sweep. Of course, it was a different Brett. It was the second Brett to quarterback the Packers, and that was Brett Hundley in both of these cases because of Aaron Rodgers' broken collarbone. This and that. Everybody wants to blame Anthony Barr. Dirty play. Well, this is what I have to say to people that are calling it a dirty play and that Anthony Barr did it on purpose. Liar. You liar, you liar! That's about, uh, that about sums it up. Uh, maybe I'm not quite that angry, but yeah, no. Sometimes I am if people take it a little too far. Luckily, Anthony Barr is still standing and he had a pretty solid game. Vikings defense was good for the most part, but there were plays off and on in this game. Case Keenum, Brett Hundley this and that, that made you kind of sit and go, boy, if Aaron Rodgers was quarterback, we might have lost this game. And I, I think the odds are we probably would have. <laughs> it would have been a close game, though. It would have been ugly. But at the same time, sure, guys were wide open, which was scary and, and stuff, and stuff. but the guys were dropping the passes regardless who was throwing the football. Brent Hundley did not get uh, did not get justice in this game in terms of his receivers were letting him down and a lot of bad luck as well. Now, of course, great plays by the Vikings defense is part of it. Uh, when you're going against a defense like this, you know, I mean, you got to make some spectacular plays in order to even, you know, in order to even uh, complete some of those passes. Every time it looked like the Packers were going to score, they'd either turn it over on downs or turn it over. Uh, Brett Hundley threw the interception to uh, Mr. Harrison Smith, and then it went much later in the game to end the game when the Packers had a, another chance to try to score. It looked like there was there was there was a promise, but then Harrison Smith picked that off and pretty much wrapped it up. And Keenum did the whole kneel effect. Uh, both quarterbacks' accuracy was horribly bad because, well, it's a combination. It, it's the cold. I mean, it was just a nasty game. Uh, how Eli Manning pulled it off to the level he did, especially being a guy from Louisiana in Eli Manning. I don't know. He just did. And that was, again, Ice Bowl 2 back in 2007. Quite an amazing effort. But that guy is as clutch as it gets. Keenum still managed to have an 85.3 quarterback rating despite it. Kind of, you know, a yucky game because both quarterbacks are overthrowing receivers due to the... Just receivers were not moving as quickly as they would like. It's just... That's the situation. Your molecules aren't moving. Your your <laughs> your, your, your your cells aren't moving as quickly as you'd like. It just is what it is. It was a cold, cold day there in Green Bay, and it was getting colder. And, of course, the ball was very slippery. Guys were dropping easy passes, so that brings the quarterback rating down. It also makes the quarterback appear to be like, what the hell, how can you overthrow him that much, that many times, and buy that much? Um, the Vikings cornerbacks obviously did a great job throughout the day, as Xavier Rhodes is one of the best cornerbacks in Vikings history already. I mean, he is that good, and he is top three, probably cornerback in the NFL right now. He's that good. It's just, uh, it's been an amazing feat. Uh, Kai Forbath, very encouraging as we head deeper and deeper into December. 
and ultimately into the month of destiny called January, uh, and hopefully February. There's only one game in February, only one, and it will be in U.S. Bank Stadium, regardless who is able to show up for that game. I hope it is the Vikings. We hope for that. But, of course, you can't guarantee anything. Uh, the punters were very busy. Quigley punted seven times. That's, of course, the Vikings punter. And Justin Vogel of Green Bay had six punts in the game. Believe it or not, the Vikings had more punts, which is kind of funny because, you know, incomplete passes and such. And, of course, there were passing punts by uh, by Hundley, of course. <laughs> or it would be like a missed field goal type of interception. Yeah, okay, I don't know. It was a red zone interception to uh, Mr. Harrison Smith. And, again, we appreciate the guy that did get snubbed in the Pro Bowl. He deserves to be there. It's a bunch of bull, but at the same time, I'm thinking the same way Harrison Smith is, especially, you know, I mean, even if I was Harrison Smith, I can understand the frustration. You want to be respected and all that, but, you know, it kind of is what it is. You want the ring more than anything else. Absolutely want that damn ring, and that's what it's all about. So, there it is. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was solid throughout the day. Make it he, he just makes it look easy. He was better than Latavius Murray, but Murray did get the majority of the snaps because he has kind of smash mouth, run the ball, get the clock, get the hell out of there without any more injuries, without anybody else's ankle getting caught in the in the shuffle. Yeah, or knee, God forbid. And of course, uh, Mr. McDermott as well, the uh, long snapper for the Minnesota Vikings. Looked like he broke his wrist, but he was actually holding his arm in place because of uh, the uh, shoulder was partially uh, dislocated. Yikes. Partially dislocated shoulder. David Morgan took care of the long snapping. David Morgan, the uh, tight end, who's actually, who actually had a nice little game. He had a nice little play after a catch, a short catch, which led to a first down. He broke two tackles. Very impressive by David Morgan. He should be a Fred Tarkenton candidate, believe it or not, because, you know, he did a good job with the long snapping somewhere a little high, but he got the job done. He got the ball to the punter. No crazy bullcrap happened. And, you know, Kai Forbath made everything, including a 49-yarder in the cold outside. So, Kai Forbath. I'm very happy to see Kai Forbath getting that consistency back. And, because you know, I liked Kai Forbath before he started to get a little bit goofy in the mid-parts of the season. Um, early on, he was nailing everything. And most of last year, he pretty much nailed everything except extra points, which is kind of weird. Uh, Stefan Diggs had a nice little game as well. Very nice at drawing the pass interference. Vikings, of course, failed to get in the end zone on their first drive of the game. Green Bay couldn't do Jack Diddley most of the way, which is good. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> that's what happens when you have a defense that's this good. And, of course, Brett Hundley has very little success in Green Bay. Uh, again, if receivers were able to hang on to the ball, but I'm sure the ball felt like a rock coming at you, and a, a rock with an icy glare on it, uh, glaze on it as well. It was just slipping everywhere. Um but Stefan Diggs draw, drew a pass interference, which eventually led to a nice corner uh, fade into the left part of the end zone, the the left of Case Keenum anyway. So a good play <laughs> by Stefan Diggs. At first they're like, oh, he wasn't, I'm not sure he was in. Yeah, he was totally in. So it just depends on what angle you look at. When you look at the back angle, it's like, I don't know, it's hard to tell. But when you look at the side angle, it's like, oh, duh, of course he was in. He was totally in, like a whole yard in, you know. I mean, he was that far away from the, from the, uh, from the white paint, so yeah, easy call, obviously touchdown Minnesota, Stefan Diggs, the only touchdown of the game, and after that it was just field goals, and we appreciate that, uh, we appreciate Kai Forbath nailing the 49-yarder, that was a nice test, and he, he he got it, it wasn't a perfect kick, it was a bit to the left, 
But it was to the left the whole time. It wasn't like it curved or anything. It just went through, and that's what matters. He didn't have to bang it off the edge or anything like that. Uh, Jarius Wright almost had a huge play, but couldn't hang on. That was heartbreaking, unfortunately. Uh, overall, though, fun game. Nice to see David Morgan break multiple tackles. Uh, Adam Thielen was overthrown multiple times. Diggs overthrown a couple times. But again, that's the kind of game it was. Guys just couldn't move their joints quickly as normal. Uh, um like an 80-degree day, guys are going to move really fast. Of course, they're going to get hot as hell out there playing, running that hard, wearing all that equipment at 80 degrees. That's not fun. But say 65 degrees, that's like perfect, I would say, for football. 65, 50, 50 degrees, that feels good. Oh, it feels good. Oh, I love it. Um, anything warmer than 65 might be getting kind of hot and sweaty out there, but I suppose that's where they got those fans. <laughs> what am I even getting into? Why am I talking about fans on the sidelines? I don't know. I just am, I guess, because it wasn't that fun of a game to watch. Um, the other guy that that was hurt for a minute there and came back in there, thank God, it was nice to see number 71, Riley Reef, back out there as he went off to the sidelines for a bit. Went back in. So, all right, Riley Reef. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my heart skipped a beat. I mean, you can, no, 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 no. Please, Riley Reef, all the way to the Super Bowl. Stay healthy. For the love of God, please stay healthy, Riley Reeve. That guy's value is insane for the success of this team. The game he missed against the, uh, at least the the extents of that game against Carolina, when he missed significant time with that injury, he missed most of that game with that ankle injury. Oh my Lord, things went so sour so quickly. In that game, the pass rushers are off the charts. Uh, Nick Easton did what he had to do uh, at center in that game. It truly really wasn't Nick Easton's fault that things went sour. The guy gets penalties, but of course the injury to him now is sad. And I really wish he was out there. I feel bad for number 62, Nick Easton. So, full recovery and a successful surgery to Nick Easton. Man, ugh. Uh, but at this point, you know, there's always little little bangs in this and that, little little injuries here and there, little nagging this and that. But all, other than that, the Vikings come out of there. Okay, uh, again, Nick Easton, it sucks. And you pray to God that it, that uh, Rashad Hill or whoever has to fill in. Well, at, at this point, it's uh, Jeremiah Searles. Pardon me. Jeremiah Searles will be the guy filling in at left guard for Nick Easton the rest of the way. So, God forbid, you know, there it is. Uh, God forbid, no more injuries to that offensive line. Pat Elfline and Riley Reef as valuable as he gets. Obviously, center Elfline, left tackle Reef. Nice to have Mike Remmers back, though, the right tackle. He'd been out so many games. He, he was out about five, six, seven games in a row with the concussion and then other I injuries along the way for him in practice, back, back soreness, stuff like that. Just one thing after another. But Mike Remmers is back, and he's not getting penalized like he was at the beginning of the season. So... Good. Thank you, Mike Remmers, for returning. Oh, Lord. Crazy game. Incomplete this. Incomplete that. Drop this. Drop that. Vikings went 16 to nothing. Whatever. We're 12-3. and three And, well, division champions by a mile. And you got to hear the skull chant in Lambeau Field. So it doesn't get a whole lot better than that. It felt like a preseason game. Again, where you want to get out of there without an injury. The audience was bored for the most part throughout the game, at least the Packard audience. You got the purple audience there enjoying it, doing the skull chant near the end of the game, and Kings of the North, really cool to see that uh, purple <laughs> purple cardboard sign out there, Kings of the North. It doesn't get better than that. I mean, we really are the Kings of the North, and it's an amazing feeling. Uh, there's even talk as well, which makes things extremely interesting, is that Sam Bradford could be activated 
into the postseason. That makes things extremely interesting. Now, it's not like, okay, sit down, Keenum, Bradford's back. No, but he provides an option should things happen. Because it's football, things happen. Um, never forget who quarterbacked the New England Patriots to the AFC Championship in 2001. Who was the quarterback in the AFC Championship game? Who? Was it Tom Brady? Wrong. Wrong. It was not Tom Brady. Well, it was for a few minutes, and then he hurt his ankle pretty much right at the beginning of the first series of that game. Drew Bledsoe quarterbacked the New England Patriots through the AFC Championship as they beat the uh, they beat Cordell Stewart and the Pittsburgh Steelers in that game. Mr. Inconsistent Cordell Stewart, who could never get that team to the Super Bowl because he just he was the choker. As talented as he was, he wasn't <laughs> anymore. Like, whatever it was, teams figured him out a lot like the kneeler of San Francisco, the former 49ers quarterback. Won't mention that name right now. Just, yeah. Too controversial, too controversial, right? Just, but no, when defenses figure quarterbacks out, they die, you know, and they don't literally die, but their game dies. And that's what happened to Cordero Stewart, Cordell Stewart, Cordero Stewart, Cordell Stewart, and the kneeler, the kneeler of San Francisco. Um, so, yes, <laughs> Drew Bledsoe quarterbacked the Patriots to the AFC Championship in that game, and he did a good job. You just don't know. You never know if you need Sam Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater to quarterback the Vikings to a win on the, well, in the U.S. Bank Stadium, on the road, whatever it is. And then Case Keenum's back in time for the Super Bowl. God forbid. You know, you just don't know what's going to happen. You never know if you need Sam or Teddy in the Super Bowl itself. You don't know should the Vikings be fortunate enough to get there. Um, Because regardless how good your team is, the best teams don't always make it to the Super Bowl. The Baltimore Ravens didn't have the best record back in you know back in 2012. Teams miss all the time. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys didn't get to the Super Bowl, did they? The 2011 Green Bay Packers didn't get to the Super Bowl. They were 15 and one. The 98 Vikings didn't get to the Super Bowl. Don't remind me. Oh God. The 2004 Pittsburgh Steelers, 15-1, lost right away. Right away. They actually were the first team to not even get to the conference final. The Vikings were the first 15-1 team to not get to the Super Bowl, but the Steelers in 04 didn't even get to the conference. But they immediately made up a, made, made up for it and won the Super Bowl the next year despite a 10-6 and six record. So, see? 2005, Steelers did not have the best record. Seattle had a very good team that year. Great team, but they got beat the crap out of by Pittsburgh in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, very boring game, but I was happy for Pittsburgh. It was their first championship in forever. So, And that Seattle team was a lot more likable than this one. Ugh, yes. Um, I hate the Seahawks now. Uh, Cowboys and Seahawks on Sunday. Yeah, there you go. So, interesting. Um, of course, I'm recording this on Christmas Eve right now, Christmas Eve morning, just to give you a, a heads up uh, when I'm recording this segment. I'm still kind of in limbo. What am I going to do? Am I going to just keep recording now, or am I going to wait and let the other games develop? I may go with like I did on Thanksgiving and just kind of keep going. It just kind of is what it is, and we'll get caught up uh, next week and all that with uh, the whole playoff scenario. It'll be definitely a playoff preview in the second segment. That's what the whole second segment's going to be about. We probably won't even know who the Vikings will be playing in the playoffs uh, next next week because, well, the Vikings more than likely will be in the second round. So somebody needs to win a game to even come to U.S. Bank Stadium, God willing. Um, so that kind of is what it is, uh, as, as is. Okay, I'm talking really weird. You just never know what's going to happen, who's going to be the quarterback throughout the playoffs because things happen. You know, you just never know. Strange things do happen. Drew Bledsoe quarterbacked the Patriots to the AFC Championship and then Tom Brady returned 
and the Patriots did what they did in 2001 to lead to their first Super Bowl ever. They beat an unbelievably good St. Louis team, just stacked uh, Arenas Williams, cornerback, huge addition to that team. Of course, you had Marshall Falk, you had Kurt Warner, you had just a great football team. Uh, not the most likable team necessarily, because you know, but they weren't as arrogant as Seattle or anybody like that, even the 90s Cowboys. Oh, I couldn't stand them. They weren't, you know, in the obviously Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You can't stand them either. <laughs> Even though Clay Matthews is entertaining, oh, he's, he's annoying to play against. I'll tell you that. The Fran Tarkin Award is Harrison Smith with a bullet. He was unbelievable. Uh, great tackles the whole game. Uh, proved he's he if if he isn't a Pro Bowler, who is? I mean, come on. You know, him and Xavier Rhodes are as Pro Bowl as it gets. I mean, and Linval Joseph didn't make the Pro Bowl. We'll talk about all this in the third segment. Linval Joseph didn't make the Pro Bowl. What the devil? Like, really? How did Linval Joseph not make the Pro Bowl? But it's because you can't put the whole damn roster on the... Uh, I, I understand that. Uh, Trey Waynes was awesome in the game, too. Um, you know, the guy gives up catches on occasion because, you know, it's not like the quarterback's going to be over 40. So uh, so it's going to happen. Like Xavier Rhodes is going to give up catches as well. He actually had five tackles in the game. So, he, you know, you're going to give up catches. But generally speaking, Trey Waynes has been a huge, wonderful... Yeah, he's been a nice story this year. As early on, he was getting burned and beat, and it's like, yeah, he's still not a starting cornerback, is he? All this time we've been waiting. This is his time to finally be a starter because Captain Munderland's gone. He's got to start, and Mackenzie Alexander's got to get extended time as well. He had a wonderful tackle for lost, did Mackenzie Alexander, by the way. But um, he occasionally gets beat, but of course overthrown. Yeah, overthrown by uh, Hundley because that's what kind of game it was yesterday. Um but back to Trey Waynes, just he has been a wonderful story. He's been denying a lot of passes. He's been sticking to his man very nicely through the second half of the season, even maybe two-thirds of the season. He's really been a wonderful, wonderful find for the Vikings. A very high first-round pick that is finally panning out, and it feels really, really good to see Trey Waynes become as good as he is. Huge reason why this Viking defense is as good as it is, because Xavier Rose, nobody wants to throw his way because he's the best cornerback probably in the world right now. Um... And, my God, um, <laughs> Trey Wayne's obviously as valuable as it gets as well. So, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, the uh, Fran Targeting Award, Harrison Smith. The Christian Ponder Memorial. Just, damn it, the injuries. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't really want to get mad at anybody. <sighs> What's-his-name can't get any freaking se uh, separation whatsoever. Every time, I don't know why there's even plays uh, throwing deep to Treadwell. What's the point? The guy doesn't get separation. I mean, I, I, you only throw to Treadwell if, if the if the cornerback falls down, I think, when you're going deep. Otherwise, Treadwell's a short yardage kind of guy. He's like a, you know, he's a slower version of Angwin Bolden. Bolden's that physical, tough uh, wide receiver style, you know, because Treadwell's a physical guy. He's not the biggest guy ever, but he's big enough. He's physical, and he's capable of making short yardage plays and muscling through and such. So that's what I like about Treadwell, in a sense. He's again. He's a slower version of Anquan Bolden because you could throw kind of deep to Bolden sometimes. You just don't do it very often. That's all. And Treadwell just never. You know he could never get open. Otherwise going deep. I don't understand some of those calls to Treadwell, or some of the plays involving that. Uh, but Stefan takes a big game as well. Again drawing the pass interference and of course making some awesome awesome plays throughout the game. And David Morgan is an honorable mention for the Fran Tarkington Award as well. Just a fun game watching him. Good for him. He had a nice, he, 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 you know, he had a nice play and he did a good job having to fill in 
for McDermott uh, at uh, the long snapper. Latavius Murray did get 69 yards in the game, but never was able to break loose. And of course, Latavius Murray doesn't really have the speed to break loose very often. Um, he's just, he's more of a power back, and well, he's done a heck of a job in that sense. Uh, those slants, though, to Stefan Diggs were a lot of fun to watch. And, of course, some of the deep fades to him as well, making plays. Uh, he has become such a versatile wide receiver. As long as he can stay healthy and uh, stop taunting, that would be helpful. <laughs> he's always he's always this close to getting a taunting penalty, but okay. He just, he, I, I guess he just loves the game and he loves uh, make after he makes a big play, uh, enjoying it for a minute or so, so or a couple seconds. So that's kind of what that is. Apologize, kind of a if it's kind of a weird game review, kind of all over the place because it, it's just a weird game, you know. This was a weird game, but lots of fun little topics here and there to talk about throughout the throughout the team in general right now, and that's kind of the gist of this version of Pro Bowl Mafia, I would have to say. So awards given, game reviewed, sixteen to zero, twelve and three. Chicago Bears come to town. The Chicago Bears come to town, and the Minnesota Vikings will more than likely have their best record since. 1998. And we are back here on Purple Mafia. Pretty much going to preview the Chicago Bears game. It's like, I want to wait through the games, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I think some of you want to get the show out. Obviously, we're heading right into, literally right into Christmas, so it's just kind of is what it is. A lot like the Thanksgiving show. Uh, it's like you guys were just, you just want to get the show going. You want to listen. You want to download it. You want to get to it, all that. So I think that that's just kind of the way the situation is. Otherwise, I'd probably have to record tomorrow morning, So, which I wouldn't mind doing, but... I don't know. It's just kind of the way this show is going to have to be. It's a unique situation. You don't always get Christmas on Monday morning. So <laughs> Christmas Eve, Sunday, Monday morning. It happens once every six, seven years, whatever. Uh, Detroit's going to play Cincinnati. I expect the Lions to win that game. So they'll be 9-6. and six. Their chances of making the playoffs will be, eh, you know, they'll be alive, but very tough because you got New Orleans and Carolina. And L.A., Atlanta. Atlanta's the only team that teams may catch. They are 9-5. and five. They did their job this past week, as now the Green Bay Packers are eliminated from the postseason. They did their job in a lot of ways, eliminating the Packers and putting Detroit, Seattle, and Dallas all on the brink here. Any of them lose, they're done. Uh, I think Detroit wins, uh, and then Seattle and Dallas are playing. Um, a lot of us want Seattle out because Russell Wilson's dangerous. I feel the Dallas Cowboys are ever beatable. So if the Cowboys do survive, at least in the next weekend, I'm not too scared of them. And we know the Vikings can beat Atlanta because they have beaten Atlanta. Atlanta does have the uh, upper hand on the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm still talking playoff picture. So still, it's still a worthwhile segment in that sense. Obviously, there's not a whole lot of exciting stuff to talk about the Bears. We'll get about them in a couple seconds here. Obviously, you got to preview the game and everything <laughs> and wrap things up. And the next week's show will be a big old uh, playoff preview and hoping for the best there. Uh, Los Angeles and Tennessee will be playing. That's a, you know, we'll probably see the Rams get to 11 and 5, 12 and 4, more than likely. Uh, very unlikely they're going to be 10 and 6. Uh, Kansas City has Miami. Uh, Miami's always weird and quirky. You never know what's going to happen there. Buffalo, New England. Buffalo's always kind of a pain in the butt. Thorn in the side for the AFC's uh, leading uh, New England Patriots. You never know. And Buffalo has got a lot to play for. They have the upper hand on the Chargers because the Chargers lost last weekend. 
Uh, Kansas City versus Buffalo for a possible playoff berth. Obviously, Baltimore and Tennessee as well kind of hanging in there. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how things take place. Atlanta and New Orleans again. Wow, Atlanta and New Orleans again. New Orleans could be quote very good chance. New Orleans may end up finishing the season twelve and four, so very tough battle for the Atlanta Falcons. But they have already beaten the Saints earlier this year. But this time, it's in the uh, <laughs> the, the Superdome there in New Orleans, the ever renovated Superdome. L.A. against the L.A. Chargers this time against the New York Jets. Very winnable game for the Chargers, and they have to win. The best record they could possibly have is nine and seven. Washington, Denver, yuck. Who cares? Tampa Bay, Carolina, great. <laughs> you know what that means? Carolina's going to keep knocking on the door. They're trying to get that first round by, boy, and they have the tiebreaker against uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Jacksonville's got 12-4 and four written all over them. Wow. Good on them. They're going to have a hell of a time getting a bye. But then again, you just never know. Dallas, Seattle, one of them will be eliminated in that game. Literally, that's the end. Cowboys host the game. I think the Cowboys win. That's my first take there. Arizona, New York, Giants, who cares? Garbage. Uh, Pittsburgh and Houston, well, Houston's Houston's just done. They're decimated. They're four and ten. That's too bad. Uh, Bill O'Brien and uh, of course Mr. Jack Del Rio probably in trouble, hoping for the Oakland Raiders to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. But I don't know. I don't think their chances are real good. The Raiders suck right now, and it, it's in Philadelphia. Nick Foles is doing a good job. That's quite unfortunate. Steelers will probably win their game. They'll be twelve and three. Philadelphia will probably be 13-2, and two, and then you hope the Dallas Cowboys can knock off the Philadelphia Eagles because the Cowboys will have a lot to play for if they beat the Seattle uh, Seahawks, and I think they will. So hopefully the Dallas Cowboys can get the job done against the Philadelphia Eagles, and then, well, we'll just have to wait and see what happens after that. Baltimore beat up on the on the, uh, the former... It's the Baltimore Bulls. See, usually it's interesting. Baltimore... And Cleveland, the whole thing, you know, when the Baltimore Ravens play the Cleveland Browns, it's the Brown Bowl. And then this is the Baltimore Bowl because now Baltimore's playing against the Indianapolis Colts. So there's the Ravens have all kinds of connections in, in that sense. The Ravens in the city of Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens in general, have all kinds of uh, connections. They have multiple bowls. This is the Baltimore Bowl, the former Baltimore team, the Colts, be, getting beat up pretty bad by the Baltimore Ravens, who would be in the playoffs at this moment. Joe Flacco improved greatly since coming to U.S. Bank Stadium, and he had no problem with the Baltimore Colts, right? Okay, I'm sorry, the Indianapolis Colts. Frank Gore still playing. He did well. He did pretty well for a team that's behind, too. 68 yards, 4 yards a carry. Good for him in that sense, at least. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, Mike Wallace and the Baltimore Ravens got the job done. Mike Wallace had concussion protocol against the Vikings. He was very frustrated. He wanted to beat us, and things did not go well in that game. But Baltimore very much alive and well in the AFC playoff picture. They would be in today. So good on them. Uh, a team that's not in the playoff picture, a team that's still struggling, still looking for an identity. They have their quarterback of the future, but he doesn't look like much now. And Mitchell Trubisky, the Chicago Bees, are 4-10. and 10, And I'm imitating uh, Carl Gerbschmidt, even though it's, yeah, he's not a Bears fan. But I, it's funny the way he says it. Akeem Hicks has eight sacks on the season to lead the Bears. A couple of players have interceptions on the Bears. Only one of them with two. That's Eddie Jackson. Uh, Kendall Wright is the leading receiver. But, boy, it's tough to be a leading receiver on the Chicago Bears. They have the worst passing offense in the NFL and the second worst total offense in the NFL. So it's pretty depressing. But their running game is good. They're trying to be old school just by default. Not necessarily they're trying, but that's their only way right now. Uh, 
Jordan Howard is the the bright spot. He'd be the Fran Tarkington or the uh, Fran Tarkin. He'd be the Walter Payton Award winner for the Chicago Bears in terms of their best player for the year, I would have to say. Um, yeah, he'd be the Walter Payton Award if I was a Chicago Bears podcaster, no doubt about it. And then the, uh, I can't even think of, uh, the, the Jay Cutler Memorial, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I may have done a Bears podcast if the Vikings moved to L.A., but that's long, long gone. Or a Patriots podcast. If I wanted to stay in the NFC North, that would have been a Bears fan. Because <laughs> I hate the Packers and the Lions. The Bears are the only team that's like, okay, I want to beat them, but I don't hate them as much as the other two. That, that's all. Uh, let's keep moving. Kendall Wright, only 558 yards receiving and one touchdown. It's like an invisible offense for the Bears. If the Vikings put it this way, the Vikings don't win the game, boy, we're in trouble. You know, it's one of those. You, there's no way the Vikings should lose this game. It would be ridiculous. Uh, it would be a lot like last year when the Vikings romped all over the Bears. Yes, their quarterback has more promise than what they had last year. The Bears were just, you know, they were toast at quarterback position. Obviously not a whole lot to get excited about right now, though. They're frustrated. You can almost see it in their faces. But you can just imagine. They're like, yeah, I'm a, yeah. It's a proud franchise from long, long ago, as the Christmas song says. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it's not looking good. Jordan Howard, again, you know, he's the Walter Payton Award winner for that club. He's averaging about four and a half yards a carry. He's easily the best player on the team right now, most productive player on the team. The brightest future is Mitchell Trubisky, but, again, you're not seeing it right now. The offensive line is not done a good job protecting Mitchell Trubisky, but I mean, it's just a team in general, all kinds of facets. You need improvements everywhere. First round pick, I'd probably go with offensive line or wide receiver, but offensive line, because you can get receivers everywhere. There's good receivers all over the NFL draft, and there's even good receivers in free agency. You know, I mean, if I'm the if, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm going offensive line like crazy. I pray to God for that, and even maybe draft a young backup quarterback. Uh, hope to renegotiate with Mike Glennon, bring that contract down just a little bit. I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, no, <laughs> no way are you keeping Mike Glennon at that contract. What were they thinking? I mean, oh my goodness. The Vikings signed Case Keenum for about $2 million for a one-year contract. One year, $2 million. It's like, here, take it or take it or leave it, Case. Take it or leave it, Case. You were the... You, you quarterback that, that crappy Rams team for 10 games, and meh, you're just meh out there. Two million. Well, and it's like, but at the same time, it's like, okay, nice solid backup at least. At least he's been a starter for, for a little while here and there. He's had some reps. And then you bring in Meg Glenn into the Chicago Bears for, what, 13 million bucks? Like, what the hell is that crap? 13 million. And then you get the freaking uh, 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 Osweiler to the, to the Houston Texans for $17 million. So, it's weird. It's a weird league, and Case Keenum is going to get a pretty nice, sexy paycheck, I think. Uh, Mike Glennon and Osweiler, I, I can't even imagine those contracts, what the hell teams were thinking when they signed them. Uh, Osweiler's obviously, yeah, things are a little different now, and he's, I believe, yeah, I mean, whatever, we'll get off that topic for the moment. Mike Glennon, they got to renegotiate or tell him to pack his bags and hope to God they can sign the next uh, Case Keenum, the Chicago Bears. If uh, Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky goes down or is just not up to the task right away uh, going into next season, he, they got to hope he's going to be better. Of course, you can get wide receivers in the uh, in the draft and free agency. It, it can be done, obviously. Defense and offensive line. Defense and offensive line, if I'm a Bears fan, this and that. See, now I'm really talking about the Bears. Hardcore Bear discussion here. Now, of course, I'm not naming names that much. Because it's just, it's not free agency, it's not the draft. 
they have pieces. I mean, Zach Miller's, you know, obviously, well, he's missed a lot of time, this and that. That didn't help. Tariq Cohen's okay, obviously. Kendall Wright's all right. Yeah, okay, that sounded cute. Um, there, there, there's pieces on the team. Obviously, Jordan Howard's a stud. Uh He's he's an he's 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 an okay receiving back. He's more of a full running back, but you know he'll 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 block. He'll be part of the passing game. But then again, the passing game itself just isn't up to task right now, and that's one of the reasons why Jordan Howard isn't displaying some of those nice numbers he had uh, previously with the Jay Cutlers and such. It's just Jay Cutler was so ever mediocre and inconsistent, and unreliable, this and that. Despite his 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 just definite talent. Uh, that's why the Bears never achieved a whole lot other than 2010 when they did win the division. They got to the NFC Championship game, but they just kind of laid an egg and I don't know. They they didn't look good in that game. The Packers just kind of finished the job there. It wasn't too hard for them. <laughs> the Green Bay Crackers in Soldier Field that day back way back in, uh, well, it was January 2011 at the time, but yeah. Um, Long story short, the Minnesota Vikings can and will beat the Chicago Bears, and the Minnesota Vikings will finish 13-3. and Will, at minimum, have the number two bye in the conference. We hope to God the Raiders and the Cowboys can, can shock the world and the Eagles finish 12-4. Wouldn't that be amazing? Um, that would be great. And there it is. Then you're guaranteed home field advantage, but we'll talk about this again next week. Regardless of the Vikings do not have home field advantage uh, in terms of the number one seed, there's still a very, very strong possibility the Vikings will host the NFC Championship game because of uh, the Eagles getting beat in the first round, uh, second round, pardon me, by whoever it is. Is it the, you never know, an upstart Atlanta team, Carolina's as dangerous as they are, though chances are the Carolina Panthers might end up coming here, uh, or the Saints. It's going to be the Saints or the Panthers probably coming here. That's my guess. And then the Saints or the Panthers will possibly eliminate the Eagles in uh, Veterans Stadium, but, well, <laughs> whatever, you know, over there in Philadelphia, but uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting scenario that's going to lead up into the uh, the future for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings as we head possibly to the Super Bowl. And I kept calling it Veterans Stadium. It's Lincoln Financial Field. It's like, I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah, Lincoln Financial Field. It's like I knew that, but then I get stuck in the past all the time. I keep calling where the the Lions play the Silver Dome, you know, and that's a long bleeping time ago. I mean, but it's I'm stuck in the past sometimes. I, I I can't help it. I've called the NFC North, the NFC Central. It happens when you're around a sport as long as I've been. It's gonna happen. I mean, I'm, I, you're gonna call where the Lakers play the the Great Western Forum sometimes, even though Staples Center constantly gets shoved down your throat because it's just the greatest greatest city of all time and the greatest team and the greatest this and the greatest greatest greatest. Yeah, they're so great. Um, but, you know, stuff happens, so it is what it is there. The Bears, again, Packers and Bears, it's weird to see them sucking as bad as they are. Um, the Bears, not so much, because they've had some bad seasons, boy. And, yeah, uh, it's a team that one day will be better, and, and it does happen. You know, the Bears did get better. They got to the Super Bowl, for crying out loud, in 2006, and they deserved to be there. But they ran into a team that was hotter than them. Um, they're a little bit better and definitely hotter. And that's what happens. That was the Baltimore slash Indianapolis Colts that beat the the Bits in that one. Obviously, it was a pretty close rivalry there in terms of Indiana and Chicago. They have that rivalry with with the NBA and college and all that. You got uh, Illinois and Indiana. There's a rivalry there forever. The Pacers and Bulls, all that. So you had a little bit of that going on, even though they're in uh, different conferences. And so it was interesting to have two states that are right on top of each other playing the Silver Bowl. Kind of cool, and we're happy for them. Vikings will win the football game. 
something. It's not going to be the highest scoring game ever, even though the, well, the Vikings will put up points. You're going to see Teddy Bridgewater in the game. I would be surprised if you don't. I would be shocked if the Vikings do not see Teddy Bridgewater in the game, particularly as the Vikings wrap up the number two seed in the NFC. I would be beyond shocked if the Vikings are number three. I'd be furious, actually, if the Vikings are not are, are the number three seed in the NFC. I'd be irate, quite frankly. I do not want to be number three again. It's just, screw that crap. Get the first round by, and let's uh, be one game away from the uh, conference championship. Final score, final score will be, it's going to be kind of like the Cincinnati game, I think. Maybe not quite as high scoring. We'll go with like 28-7, to 7, something like that. 28-7 to 7, Minnesota will get four touchdowns in the game. Maybe 31, you add a field goal from Kai Forbath or some weird, who knows. But I'm, I'm going to pick a 30, uh, 28 to 7. Minnesota should beat Chicago soundly in U.S. Bank Stadium. Teddy Bridgewater will play, and Teddy Bridgewater will throw a touchdown pass in the game. At least the fourth touchdown of the game will be Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, first three, maybe one or two from Keenum, and then a running play or something. Maybe even uh, some type of uh, pick six or fumble six with the Bears, because the Bears do fumble. Obviously, Mitchell Trubisky does get turnovers. He throws interceptions, and he's fumbled three times, or he's fumbled nine total, but lost three. My, uh, Mike Glennon fumbled three, uh, lost three fumbles in only four games. That's horrible. Um, I'm sure they want to keep Mitchell Trubisky in there, get him some more and more reps, and coming into next season, see what happens. Uh, <laughs> ultimately, though, Minnesota 28-7. to seven, Minnesota will win the game, and and uh, Teddy Bridgewater will throw a touchdown pass. So we'll take a quick break and hear from you guys out there. Mad Martin makes his mad return to the fan interaction segment. Greetings, Joey. Well, week 16 is almost upon us, and a trip to Lambeau tomorrow night. What's exciting is that uh, we've uh, bagged our 20th divisional title with two games to go. It's been a been an impressive season on, on many levels. Um, the game against the Bengals had to be a blowout if we were to be considered a legitimate threat going into the postseason. And they certainly did enough to impress. Uh, Cincinnati were horrible. It's good to see Teddy Bridgewater back. Perhaps a little rusty, but no surprise there. And we'll wait and see where that goes. So, we go to Lambeau. And I was quite concerned until the news broke that Rogers has been put on IR for the rest of the season. So, it should be in the bag as we roll into week 17. But over the seasons, that... that Packers team, even when they were horrible back in the 70s and 80s, have had an ability to kind of derail our team. I can remember back in the late 80s, I think I think it was 88, the Packers won four games that season. And they won two of them against a divisional rival. And by winning those two games, they derailed that team's home field advantage in the postseason. And a season that could have been very, very different if... Our beloved Purple had been at home. So, you never quite write that team off. There's a lot at stake this weekend, clearly. We, we'll probably get a better picture of who is where in the seedings. Um, I'm not so concerned about that number one seed now. The number two we definitely need. We need that additional week off. And a win in, against the Packers 
Um, I think they could possibly, if results go their way, rest most of the starters against Chicago and give them two weeks to get fitter, healthier, and be raring to go in that divisional game against whoever that may be. Because uh, a post-Carson Wentz Philly, I don't see as a major friend. I think if they won their divisional game, and I think that's a big if, depending on who they play, and we have to roll into Philly, I'm, I'm very confident. I think a lot of other people would be very confident that we could take them out there with the team that we've got. So, you know, let's hope the guys get a rest in week 17. We get to see Teddy Bridgewater play a whole game. That would be quite good fun. There's no two ways about it. Um, And then we roll on and see where we go. And then, of course, the big, big questions come postseason will be what are they going to do about the quarterback position? Will they have to franchise Case Keenum? He wins the Super Bowl. I don't think you have any choice. You, you franchise him, you get the deal done, and then you work on it the rest of the year. We have the other two quarterbacks. <laughs> yes, we have a, a richness at that spot. But equally, there are a lot of free agents on the defensive side of the team as well coming up. And um, how do you keep them? How do you keep them within the salary cap? Spillman and the front office have got a hell of a lot of work to do this postseason, and I hope they make the right decisions. Right. Merry Christmas, Joey. And personally, can I just say, a diamond-encrusted star to you, my friend, for all the hard work you've done this year yet again. Some very good, entertaining podcasts. I always do enjoy your take on the purple. Unlike many of the other sort of radio series or, or, or shows you can listen to in podcast land or even on local radio, I have to say I don't have a great deal of time to listen to very many, but I always find yours informative. So, Merry Christmas to you. I hope you have a peaceful and enjoyable festive season. And also to all my fellow purple brothers and sisters out there, have a lovely Christmas. Take it easy, guys. Another victory awaits us. Let's take those Packers down. Skull. Merry Christmas to you, my friend. God bless you. I uh, really appreciate your call-ins. You've been awesome the past year, the past two years. Just been spectacular. Uh, I, I <laughs> your call-ins, the value to this show are worth their weight in gold, with without a doubt. So I, I appreciate it so much. Uh, Diamond encrusted star. Wow, that's a that's a big one. <laughs> so thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm able to uh, bring entertainment and value to you uh, through the through the airwaves, be it podcasting here. Uh, live, live would be interesting. I've done it before, believe it or not. It, I didn't even realize it was it was live. I remember when me and Dylan did a podcast a while ago on the sportsstuff.com. Obviously, it was one of the Purple Mafia shows. I think it was the hundredth episode, actually, back in twenty eleven. I think it was actually a live show, and I didn't even know. And I'm like, oh, okay, but I, I, it went through so smoothly, it didn't matter. I wasn't that nervous about it. So cool. Uh, here we are. Uh, thanks again, Mad Martin, for that. And yes, interesting conversation. The quarterback situation, the plot thickens. Sam Bradford is feeling much better, and he could be activated going into the postseason. 
Again, it's just an option, like I was talking about earlier in segment number two, like Drew Bledsoe led the New England Patriots to the AFC Championship in 2001. Maybe Sam Bradford or Teddy Bridgewater might win a playoff game or something. You never know. It may end up that way. Either if Keenum has a bad, he just looks really off or something happens, he gets hurt a little bit, that type of thing. You never know. I mean, it's football. Crazy things happen. So awesome, awesome takes. And um, yes, I, I agree with the whole Philadelphia situation where they may or may not survive the division championship, uh, divisional round per se, depending on who they play. Because we're talking uh, Carolina or New Orleans, somebody like that. That's a team that could easily knock them off. So maybe the Los Angeles Rams. No, not the Rams. <laughs> Not the Rams. The Rams won't beat the Eagles. You can you can see that already. But but then again, maybe they hung in there pretty good, and then ultimately they couldn't finish the job. So we'll see. Maybe they will play better. I'm even worried about the Rams coming here a tiny bit, a little bit. But I gotta think I'm confident with this team going a long distance. Uh, I think the Vikings defense, yes, could frustrate the hell out of uh, Nick Foles, could throw some into some interceptions, some turnovers, and just some overall not-so-good play. Obviously, Philadelphia's defense is very, very dangerous, and they gave us a hell of a time last year when the Vikings' offensive line was going through what it was. Obviously, Jake Long went in there. They just they put him in there when he wasn't ready. He They had just signed him during the week, and the guy hadn't played in like a, two years or something. So, oh, let's put him in there at the goal line. And then it was like, yeah, okay, that didn't work out. You put him in there at the goal line. That's uh, I, And that's ultimately, I think, where there was a heated discussion between Mike Zimmer and Norv Turner. And later that week, Norv Turner was no longer the offensive coordinator for the Vikings. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, yeah, you know, this isn't working out, that type of conversation. Sit down. This isn't working out, Norv. <laughs> yeah, one of those. Uh, Pat Shermer has been quite the... Uh, the godsend for the Minnesota Vikings offense. He's uh, just a little better than Norv Turner, I think. A little better fit. Just a tiny bit. As West Coast offense, better fit right now for what the NFL, uh, what's what's doable in the NFL. The West Coast offense works a hell of a lot better than some of that other stuff that Norv Turner was trying to do that takes longer to get rid of the ball, this and that. It makes your offensive line look a lot better too, doesn't it? So, I don't know, some some of that low percentage stuff that can lead to sacks and guys just, well, if they're not open, they're not open, that type of situation as well. There's a lot of luck involved with some of that vertical game. As much as you love it, if you don't have Randy Moss and defenses weren't ready for Randy Moss back in 98, it works great, but okay, let's move on. Uh, obviously, Dallas, things were a little different there. They did, they did what they did. I'm going to move on. I'm going way off topic a bit here, or just kind of wandering. I'm not too far off. Let's get to Twitter, at... Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show, James Beck, Vince Germano, and Tanae Brown, all from different countries. The UK for James Beck, Australia for Vince Germano, and New Zealand for Tanae Brown, all retweeting the most recent Purple Mafia episode, one down, two to go, in terms of championships. Uh, One division title, that's the division title, then the NFC title, and the Super Bowl title. Those are the two others that are still awaiting us. Let's get it done. Um, We haven't won the NFC in 41 years, and we haven't won the Super Bowl in our 57-year history. So let's take care of a couple of milestones here. Uh, We won our first division title since 2015. It wasn't that long ago. So I'm glad we got it in 2015, and I'm glad we got it this year. But uh, let's let's, uh, aim a little higher this time around. It's been a while for the other two. Um, let's continue. Where was it? Where is everything? Mad Martin, there he is. This is another great podcast, my friend. Thanks for the gold star. As always, just finishing up work here and heading south for the festivities. Skull Hope 
you got the audio, and I did get the audio, and it was awesome. I really love love it. I mean, you're the guy for this show. You're the guy, man. You you really are. Um, other people have the green light, like Sebastian and others. But I mean, right now, I mean, Mad Marty, he's just a superstar. And other people do have the green light. You're free to call in. Brent Jacobson mentioned he was going to call in. Maybe uh, if it comes to it, if he did call and I didn't get it from Dylan, because I kept checking and checking and checking. I even texted Dylan. But if he did call, Brent Jacobson did call, Brent locally here in Minnesota, Twin Cities, Lakeville area, uh, did call in. And ultimately, uh, Dylan wasn't able to get it to me because he's a busy guy, is, is Dylan, over there in Northern Cal. Plus, it's a little earlier there than it is here. That's kind of an issue, too, sometimes. Um I'll slide it into the next show. It's just, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like this was Aaron Rodgers and the Vikings. You know, they both have 11 wins, that type of situation. That's like a little different situation, which it could have ended up being. It could have happened that way, but it didn't. Uh, Mad Martin's next tweet says, Merry Christmas, my friend. Hope you and your family have a peaceful and enjoyable Christmas. We'll set up for the 1 a.m. start to the game with my sea chickens supporting son. He needs a re-education in who he supports, and I... Oh, I agree. Yep, that's your young man there, the sea chickens. Ay, ay, ay. The sea chickens, the sea hags, as uh, uh, Brent Jacobson calls it. I love the way Brent does it. He goes like, the sea hags. I, I'm, oh, how does he do it? He he does it faster. He goes, sea hags. I mean, seahawks. I love how he does that. <laughs> oh, Brent, I love the way he does that. I uh, hope to hear from Brent as well, too. But, uh, yeah, and Martin is a superstar, man. <laughs> Continues, he says, divisional matchups are always odd, and the Packers would love nothing more than to derail the Purple efforts to get a week off in the postseason. They cannot afford to mail this game in. And the, it, You know, it almost seemed like both teams kind of did in a way. They couldn't wait to get off the field and not get injured. You know, and I kind of don't blame them in that sense, but boy, yeah, it wasn't a fun, pretty game, but the Vikings did have more urge to win, I get the feeling. Um... And that was an interesting take you also mentioned. I don't want to leave this unmentioned. That 1988 season where the Packers derailed the Vikings. They won four games that year and two of them were against Minnesota. And yes, that's the division matchup. It's a pain in the butt sometimes. Regardless how awful the Packers were back then. And the Vikings had very high aspirations. They were in the NFC Championship game the year before. The Vikings had a pretty good promising record going into 88. They end up not getting home field advantage. They end up going to San Francisco, San Francisco, and not winning the game. So, yeah, that was disappointing. Um, the Vikings upset San Francisco in 1987. That was more fun. Um, he upset the Saints. He upset the Rams and their Rams. He upset the 49ers. And almost upset the freaking Redskins. God, I hate that team. They always knock us off in those big games back in the day. Hated them. Um, and then the Redskins coasted to a Super Bowl championship over an uh, overmatched Denver team. The Vikings would have won the Super Bowl in 1975 over an overmatched Denver team. that no, you know, And the Vikings would have won the Super Bowl in 87. So those are two years for sure the Vikings would have won. In 09, a pretty, pretty, solid, pretty strong feeling the Vikings would have beat uh, Jim Caldwell's uh, Colts. It wasn't uh, Tony Dungy's Colts. It was Caldwell's Colts. There, there, there's a difference. Um, there, was more, there was more of a hunger with that 06 Colts team than the 09 team. Uh, as good as Peyton Manning was, and he always beat the Vikings, but I think the 09 Vikings would have won the Super Bowl. I'm pretty, I, I feel pretty good about that. The way the Saints pretty much beat the crap out of them in that game. Um, they beat the crap out of the Colts in that game, and the Vikings were beating the crap out of the Saints if they not if they weren't fumbling the bleeping ball away. I mean, it was the season of giving, I guess. Okay, not funny anymore. It really never was. It's not funny, is it? Uh, Mad Martin continues, says, good start, but I would have liked seven. Yep. 
Uh, he says another three, and now D is fired up. I should have hit the sack almost 2 a.m. here. Yep. Uh, nice little uh, uh, image here, graphic here, where it's a it's a Viking character holding a division championship hat going to a Packer fan. Yep, that's right. Yep, like a Santa Claus type of thing. A gift for the Packers. Yep. <laughs> Want to see more from the O, but yeah, 10-zip is a good start. Packers playing hard. I'm officially nervous on this one. Tanae Brown was retweeting what I was saying, and he was saying Skull, Kings of the North, and Rick Schmidt also like liking and retweeting what I had to say there about it was the Vikings' first shutout since December 93 versus Detroit, first in Green Bay since 1971. That was way, 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 way back. Uh, that was Joe Cap. Joe Cap was the quarterback back in those days because uh, Francis was quarterbacking the Giants at that stage. Pretty crazy to imagine. Vikings got back to the Super Bowl when uh, Sir Francis came back. Vikings traded him away because Norm Van Brocken was an idiot. And then um, Minnesota Vikings make a trade with the New York Giants a few years later, reacquire Mr. Francis Tarkington, who had already become one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time during his stint with the Giants, uh, piling up the yardages and the yardage, yardage and touchdowns, which uh, put him very much at the top of greatest quarterbacks of all time back in those days. Um, Mad Martin wraps up Twitter, says, Cold games have that way of being horrible, but it's a win, my friend. Have a Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you, Mad Martin, as well. Dave Martin, Mad Martin, out of Northern Scotland. And I love that you say Merry Christmas instead of Happy Holidays, Happy Holidays, Happy Holidays. You know, and you can say Happy Holidays all you want, but include Christmas. You know, all, all of you out there that say it. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's just, you know, to me it sounds better. It's not meant to be disrespectful to other people's religion, this and that. It's celebrating Christmas as Christmas, not as the holidays. I just think it has more meaning when you say Merry Christmas. So there's there's more heart involved in it. To Facebook, we will uh, give a quick shout-out to MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven, in-game threads and during-the-week news, off-season news, this and that. Fun page to get on and conversate with others out there. Do give that page a like. They are kind enough to allow me to post links to Purple Mafia. So I am more than obliged to give them a shout-out and encourage you to join. And a lot of you have joined that page, actually. So let's get to mine here. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. And I had the uh, recent episode posted. And Gerald String often posts in here, so that's why I always check. He says, uh, Gerald String out of Nebraska says, Got a smooth five-hour journey to Kearney, Nebraska tomorrow on Monday. Absolutely can, can't hardly wait to lock onto the greatest Viking podcast on the planet. We haven't had a team this solid across the roster in a long time. Don't want to come across as a homer, but at this point, we can play any team, any place, any time. Bring it on. End the curse. Yep, 2018. Let's get her done. Get her done, as they say. Yep, Skull. And yes, we got to hear the Skull chant in Green Bay. There was nothing better than that. Uh, I was going to say that to Matt Martin as he ended it with Skull, and that's what the Vikings did in Lambeau Field. It was quite a scene. Um... Things were the opposite sometimes, and the Vikings had horrible seasons, and the Packers were rolling, but yeah, well, Packers did get one Super Bowl out of it, and it was when they were the underdogs, not the favorites, back in back in 2010. Big underdogs that season. Um, yeah, wow, pretty crazy. Uh, really appreciate that post, uh, Gerald String. You're always a star candidate on this show. Uh, I'm glad I can provide that for you. I, I really am, and that it, it never gets old hearing that. I really appreciate that, and I can't agree more about how 
this roster from top to bottom is as good as it's ever been. I mean, the defense, this is as good a defense as ever been on the Purple. And we're talking a team that's historically had great defenses. It's had some historically bad ones as well. 2011-12 uh, 12 was better. It was kind of stay-at-home-ish. You didn't get a whole lot of turnovers. Like, this team isn't getting a whole lot of turnovers like last year, early in the year. But still... It's getting turnovers at key times, which is nice. Um, and just generally speaking, denying the ball, knock the ball down. And crucial third down tackles that the team could not get so many years, so many years. It's the best third down defense I've ever seen done, the purple and gold and the uh, and the white horns. Never. I've never seen a third down defense like this. Um, it's like, you know, it's like the opposite of 98 where, in a positive way, where the Vikings, it's like third and 15 for the Vikings, we'll get it. And they got it. And they got it. And they got it. It's third and 20. Oh, we'll get it. And we got it. It was every time. It's third and four. We'll stop them. And we stopped them. Third and 15. We'll stop them. And we stopped them. We're in the past. Third and 15. Stafford looks to pass. He looks to the left. He looks to the left. Now he moves to the right. Looks back to the left again. He tucks it down. And there he goes. 20 yards later. First down Detroit. And yeah. Yes, I'd like to be a play-by-play announcer sometimes, too. But <laughs> I used to actually do it when I would play video games. I would play-by-play the game. Yeah. But, yes, uh, Matthew Stafford. That's how it was. Aaron Rodgers looks left. Devontae Adams is not open. And there's uh, there's there's Cobb over there. He's open for a half second. Rodgers fakes the pass. And there he goes. And 25 yards later, it's first down Green Bay. And... The chains move, and yeah, and next thing you know, Rodgers to Jordy Nelson, touchdown Green Bay, and the Packers lead 14-0 before half of the fans are in their seats. Great. Wow, here we go again. Well, there you go again. I cannot recall. Okay, sorry. You know who that was, some of you. Uh, Some of you that are old enough, some of you are much older than me, some of you are not. Well, there you go again. Yeah. And that's what it was like. Even last season with that touted defense, we'd give up third and long time and time again, especially as the season continued to derail the way it did. Ah, oh, God almighty, it was frustrating. Uh, I posted that Aaron Rodgers placed an IR, so that should be that should wrap up his season. 13-3 and looks very promising. And we got some responses. Kurt back out of White Bear Lakes is very nice. Justin, Mayor Henry. Justin, the friendly ghost, look at you. I hope you've still been listening. I haven't heard from you. Hope you've still been listening. You can still listen when you're collecting and uh, playing your uh, old and new games. Um, oh, man, I got to tell you about a Christmas miracle. Oh, my God, I got to tell you. <laughs> At the end of the show, Christmas miracle. And I know Justin Mayer Henry, if you're listening, would appreciate this one, I would hope. I might even say it now. But Justin Mayer, no, I'll save it. Uh, he says, I've been very silent this year. And he was the Gold Star winner of the year. He says, my superstition set in, but damn, things are looking good. I was saying how he's alive. The 2016 Gold Star is back. He says, I've been here in spirit. I've been wrapped up in my collecting and trying to get a promotion at work so I can get more money to buy games. Yeah, well, I want to get more money too. I want to keep getting promoted. Uh, I got kind of promoted. Well, kind of. It's like you become a backup trainer, but you don't necessarily get more. But the the, the review looks better, and it can lead to promotions, uh, as in like from going from... Uh, Medical Device Specialist 2 to Medical Device Specialist 3, which would be great. Um, I'm at 2 now, which is better than 1. Yes, that's that's the real promotion from 1 to 2. Was, uh, it was it was a good 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 day, but it's, yeah. Um, what have you done for me lately, though, right? That's what this world is all about. Gerald String says, welcome back, Justin. Leland Albertson out of Iowa says, hey, Justin, glad to see you back. And 
I couldn't agree more, guys. I, I really couldn't. Um, but way to not talk about Aaron Rodgers, all of you, you haters. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> I'm glad. To, no, I mean, it got to a point of, okay, he's out, and let's roll. Sam Bradford's on IR, so we can't sympathize too much. Green Bay did not build a complete team. Uh, Devontae Adams is a wonderful receiver. Um, Williams is an okay running back. He's okay. You know, I mean, lucky the Packers didn't take Dalvin Cook. There, were, there was talk about the Packers were interested in him. <laughs> yeah, you never know, man. You just never know. Uh, uh, I was talking about how Xavier Rhodes and all them. Uh, Everson Griffin, Adam Thielen, Xavier Rhodes, and Anthony Barr were named to the Pro Bowl. Case Keenum, Harrison Smith, and Livewell Joseph were snubbed. And let's not forget Eric Hendricks. I didn't even mention that one. I said, I know this happened yesterday, but the thread is here for open discussion which you guys did join, thank you. Eric Mustard, here locally in Minnesota, but not uh, in the Twin Cities, says Harrison Smith was a huge snub, the number one safety in the entire NFL, and he's not in the Pro Bowl. Yeah, it is, it is a shame, and he showed us even more yesterday. Yankee Zong out of Brooklyn Center says, Pro, Pro Bowl equal popularity contest. Smith and Kendrick should be there. Yes, Kendricks, yeah. Josh Mayer Henry out of... Colorado, uh, brother of uh, Justin Mayor Henry, the Colorado Mayor Henry's there. He says that uh, Smith for sure was a huge snub. I think Kendricks should have made it over Barr as he has had a much better season. You know, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yep, I, I totally agree with that. He says, but we all know it don't matter because none of them will be playing in the game because... They will be in Minnesota getting ready for the big one. Skull Vikings, and that's the other side. It's just the respect factor. Like, you get named to the Pro Bowl. You 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 were a Pro Bowler three times in your career, ten times in your career. It still counts as a Pro Bowler. That's the only thing, a respect factor. But yeah, I mean they they won't play. And plus, Orlando, Hawaii, Honolulu, Orlando, yeah, uh, Honolulu, yeah, Honolulu. Let's see, Orlando, no, 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 Honolulu. Why are we in Orlando? Why? I don't understand it. Honolulu makes uh, sounds a lot more fun than. Orlando. Orlando. Okay. Jacob Edraham says, I think Kendrick's Reef. Reef. Yeah, Riley Reef, Elfline, and Rudolph were also snubbed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like half of the roster could actually freaking be there. Heck, Trey Waynes was almost good enough, but I don't know, maybe one day. Uh, <laughs> let's continue. Gerald String out of Nebraska, like I said, says, yeah, okay, here we go. Probably the best thing you can do to a good team is give them a reason for revenge. Linville and Harry, are you kidding me? Fine, doesn't matter. They'll be playing in the Super Bowl anyway, so screw it and watch and learn. Screw it, watch and learn. Those two guys are going to be bitter heads off, <laughs> biting heads off through the playoffs. Ladies and gentlemen, Harry and Linville will be key studs that help make this happen. Kill the Hex 2016, yeah? Linville is so key. I mean, yesterday, it's like, you just saw what he's so capable of. He's being blocked. He's pushing the lineman back, like you're supposed to do, and he uses his other arm to make the key tackle on Williams for the uh, Green Bay Packers. That was uh, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, Gerald String says, well, thanks, Joey. You just had to go and push my button. Still love you, man. No matter what, LMAO. Come on, Vikes. Screw the Pro Bowl anyway. Let's get the big one this time. Would be much sweeter. And of course, any Pro Bowl selection is peanuts compared to any type of a Super Bowl championship. And it's like, it's going to be exciting as hell to just get to the Super Bowl. I understand that part. When you're talking a 41-year absence, a lot of us never have seen the Vikings in the Super Bowl. you got to be about 50 to remember uh, of a Viking Super Bowl. About 50. And uh, I'm about 40, almost. I'm 38. Uh, 
I've been doing this show since I was 28. Do the math there. This is the 10th bleeping season of Purple Mafia, and it's about the regular season is about to wrap up. Wow, 10 years. Not many podcasts have been around that long. So, yeah, I'm putting up my friend Tarkington yardage uh, record right now in terms of uh, career, career yardage records right now as a podcaster <laughs> when it comes to the other shows too. Timberwolves and Brave the Wild, Timberwolves Explosion, Brave the Wild, and even Paladino Live back in the day, and hopefully resurrecting Showtime and T-Wolves, Vince Germano out there in Melbourne, Australia, the one of the only international podcasts on the planet, I gotta think. Um, yeah, um, it's time to get the Super Bowl, yes. It's one thing to get there, and it'll be so exciting to be there, but this is, you you, 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 you gotta win it. I mean, you don't know. You don't know when you're going back again, 41 years, okay, you don't know when you're going back. You can never say, oh, we'll be back next year, we'll be back in two or three years, we'll be back in 10 years. I don't want to wait 10 more years. I don't want to, you know, and I'm not counting on it happening. I'm not counting on the next two years. This has got, you've got to do it. 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 Hands folded, knees on the ground. You've got to do it. Got to. Please win this year. Please. Please win this year. Please. Please, I'm on my knees begging, please win this year. <sighs> Leland says, Rudolph got snubbed, in my opinion, one of the best hand guys on the on that position, and he's gotten better. Uh, reliable on third and short, also very, very happy to see Thielen get it. Well-deserved. If Thielen did get there, Dean Christensen says, M. Uh, Gerald Strings says, Dino, welcome back. Uh, welcome to Pearl Mafia. Just as well roll with us, bro. Gonna be a sweet ride. And Dean Christopherson says, watch out for the Eagles, rut row. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching for the Eagles, trust me. <laughs> Very much. Um, In-game, I'm going to dig around in there for a little bit. Tony Coleman, yep. Uh, guys like Tony Coleman, Cedric Paul, you guys are just uh, wonderful for this show. I appreciate you so much. Tony Coleman's a definite Hall of Famer uh, for Purple Mafia. As again, we will be announcing our first to Hall of Fame class, and then we'll go from there. And there'll be six in the inaugural, and then year, years uh, after that, every year after that, it'll either be four or three, something like that every year. So people that aren't on the first six, it's mostly because some of those guys were there from either the beginning or very close to the beginning, so you can kind of guess who's going to be in. Yeah, um, but some of you that are just elite superstars, you're still going to get in just, you know, maybe a year or something. And I know you don't wake up in the morning worrying if you're going to be on a podcast Hall of Fame list. I get that. I kind of get that. <laughs> but for some of you, it's fun, I'm sure, too. Uh, and it's meant to be fun. Tony Coleman says, I feel like Minnesota needs to score in this drive. I feel a lot less tense if it was 17 to 10. Three is better than none. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi. Tony Coleman's out of South Dakota. Cedric Paulding out of Mississippi says, I just want to win this game and stay healthy. We need to stop. We need to stop here. Come on. Defense and kind of back and forth. Uh, Tony Coleman was saying, Skull chanted Lambo. I was waiting for it. Kurt Back loves it. Yes, yes, yes. Dilly, dilly. Oh my God, this is unbelievable. And yes, it really was unbelievable. There's no doubt about it. Um, Sebastian was saying, same old bullshit, as that was how, yeah, we could not get the first down. It was frustrating. And some of the defense as well was up and down and irritating. Uh, Jordy Nelson was hurt as well during the game. I don't think it's anything majorly serious, but we'll see what happens. Sebastian Barnes says, it's like now we don't want to tackle or dominate. Yeah, that was weird. It was weird. Um, Brent Jacobson says, next score speaks loudly. If we get seven, it's over. If they get three or seven, it's game on. Skull, yep, and that being the Packers getting in there. The post-game thread as we near the end of the show here. 
Tony Coleman says, shout out in Lambeau, which is extremely rare. Brett McCarthy also out of South Dakota says, nice shout out. Sebastian Barton says, frustrating offense, but time to justify it next week against Chicago. Absolutely. And I said, hopefully, yes, we better. All about not getting injured at this point. And that's for damn sure Sebastian and Tony in the hoose there. Patrick Grant says, great shout out. Criminal that Harrison Smith did not make the Pro Bowl. And I was mentioning I was, yep, the first shout-out since uh, 71 in Green Bay. Tony Coleman has another road game that wasn't always pretty. It has been rightfully pointed out that road wins don't have to be pretty. They just have to be wins. Division games are always a toss-up. They almost never, they're almost never pretty, but that was pretty. The school, Shannon Lambeau, a shout-out in Lambeau, a 12-3 record, and two Harrison Smith interceptions, although it's a crime he was snubbed from the Pro Bowl. This team has me excited. I'm going to sleep happy tonight. Skull, my purple brothers and sisters. Wow, yep, awesome. Superstar candidate there. Uh, can't get enough of this. Yep, the Skull, Shannon Lambo, the video. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, I was watching tonight and enjoyed that very much. I only heard Go Pack Go a little bit at the beginning of the game. Guess those fans left at halftime and something like that. Yeah, it wasn't the same. It felt like a preseason game after that in terms of Packer fandom. Um... He was saying, Skull, that's so cool. Yep, that was that Vikings video again there. Uh, very fun. Very fun indeed. Gerald String loves it. Mark Carlson says, playing outdoors in the deep freeze on the road against our biggest rival and playing a night game. This team has loosened the chains. Respect, they say, is earned. Well, this team has been earning it all season long. Tonight's game was one more glorious victory on the way to Valhalla. Mark from Iowa. Absolutely. Uh, Gerald String says, hard to believe the stats were actually pretty even. You can easily tell who the better team was on the field. Professional, poised, confident, in control the whole way, one step closer to first round by Skull. <clears throat> so let's pass out the stars for this episode. Tony Coleman is the gold star. Um, after that, gotta give the uh, silver star to Mark and... <laughs> Yeah, Mark Carlson and Mad Martin. And the Bronze Star will be going to Josh and Justin Mayor Henry. It's going to go to the Mayor Henry brothers. They're going to each get a Bronze Star. So, again, the season of giving, generosity, all that fun stuff. So, there's the stars passed out. Tony Coleman gets the gold. Gets the gold. Some, a cool photo during the in-game thread as well as he was dressed in purple next to the Christmas tree and all that. Very cool. Very awesome. Uh, gold Star Tony Coleman. So, yes, uh, I had a minor Christmas miracle as we wrap up the show. My friend Paul Caniff, Paul Tuniverse Caniff, I've mentioned his name off and on on this show, here and there and on other shows. Uh, close friend of mine for many years, met him in 99, 98, actually. Uh, right, as, as, right after we finished high school, we worked together, this and that, and we're in some kind of a post-school class type of thing to kind of adjust us to adult life, that type of stuff, uh, because we're just such crazy people, right? No, I'm kidding. We, we're just too stupid to handle uh, uh, adulthood, I guess. But, oh, it's okay. It was helpful. It was helpful. I, I'm just... <laughs> but no, great guy. Uh, grew up in Minneapolis, moved to Golden Valley, ended up living in the same city, you know, Golden Valley. Awesome for, for a while there until he moved to uh, Hopkins for quite a while there and then to uh, Richfield for a little while, which I don't think he liked any more than I liked. Too far away, very crowded and crazy there. But um, moved to Seattle a few years ago, which really sucked, really sad. And uh, the last day, it was the final game of the lousy 2013 season. Awful season. Leslie Frazier's last game as a coach. We watched that game together. It was fun. You know, he... Uh, 
came over. We watched the Vikings rumble over the Bears, and immediately after that game, the Caterpillar machines, all that big construction work got started. The run started despite how cold it was that winter, as that was an extremely cold winter. It was the last cold winter until this one, I think. Um, well, we've had cold days, but this might end up being one of the better winters uh, in a little while um, since since that one. But yeah, the, the digging started and the cement started getting poured, all that good stuff for U.S. Bank Stadium, and the destruction of the dome started uh, literally minutes after that game, minutes after that football game. Uh, we hung out and all that stuff. We moved to Seattle that night. It was a bummer. Flew away, and that was it. Uh, so that long story's longer, but now we'll move on. Um, I've been chasing after the, the NES Mini. A lot of you know about the NES Mini. It was like the Tickle Me Elmo of last Christmas season and all that, and never got it. And I, you know, and then there was always re-releases here and there for the, uh, uh, you know, on Best Buy and other websites, and they would last for seconds, and it'd be gone. And one time on Best Buy, I didn't get the gray sold out online button. It was gold, and it said, add to cart. I couldn't believe it. I added it, and it was gone. It was gone before I could even come close to finishing the transaction. So that never happened. This was last February at that point. Obviously, the release was back in November. I didn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like 20 minutes late. Like it was released at what, four in the afternoon on November 11th, 2016. Couldn't believe it. Gone already. Gone. Like what? The NES Mini, again, extremely awesome. 30 NES games. Uh, HDMI, and it's just got this look to it that's so much better than any third-party garbage out there that uh, so many other companies, little companies, startup companies made. Uh, HDMI-compatible NES-type things, and they all the color palette's messed up, and the sound might be messed up on some of them. Half of them, you can't even take the bleeping game out of the freaking machine without uh, a freaking plier. I mean, it's that... It's just... I, I don't understand how you can make something so weird like that, but they were never that good. Okay, it's 40 bucks. You know, NES ends up being so much better, this and that. Uh, any of the real NES Mini from Nintendo, this and that. And it just got to a point, then here comes April, and up, oh, it's over. What do you mean it's over? And then several months later, they say, okay, if I, it will be re-released. And then the, the Super Nintendo Classic came out, which is even better in a lot of ways. But obviously, the NES, I have more special place in my heart than the Super Nintendo. But Super Nintendo is my second favorite system of all time. But you're talking Final Fantasy VI slash three, Secret of Mana, other great games in HD quality. Obviously, it's still the 16-bit sprite, everything, but it's HDMI, so it looks way better, way way better. Just amazing. You get all excited for it, and it's like it's the same old story. It's just Scalp City. People buy the hell out of it before you can even come near it, and they scalp it, and the prices are 200 bucks. Same thing with the uh, NES Classic. Same old crap. Um, and then. I thought I had it last week with something, and it ended up being uh, not legit. And I even had Wells Fargo block my uh, my uh, check card for a while because they thought I was some uh, they thought I was some person trying to commit fraud. So that was weird. I ended up clearing that up in a couple of minutes. Thank God. I couldn't even use my check card anywhere for for about a couple hours there because I was like, they thought I was some guy committing fraud because it was some illegitimate website from China. Crazy. Don't buy a whole lot of stuff from China, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of scammers out there, boy. Whew. But, um, and then, all of a sudden, last day of work, it was Friday, you know, and it was leading, in, leading into the weekend, which ends up being a long weekend because you get Monday and Tuesday off, along with Saturday, Sunday, I would hope, uh, went, went at my job. All of a sudden, there's a text that pops up around 5.15 p.m. Paul says, give it on Amazon the, the Super Nintendo Classic is on. It, it's on there right now, you know, for the normal price, seventy nine ninety nine. 
And I had seen the text about 10 minutes late. And I was like, uh-oh. And then I jumped on there right away, the link he sent me. And, of course, <clears throat> I already have my password and everything set up because I'm an Amazon Prime member, believe it or not, on the application. But then the freaking <laughs> link, I couldn't get the password right, and that didn't work. So then I'm like, oh, screw this crap. I go to the app, and it loads right away. I add to cart. I press proceed to checkout and place order, and it went through. I couldn't believe it. It really happened. I really got a Super Nintendo Mini. Super Nintendo Classic, sorry. SNES Classic. I couldn't believe it. It really happened. I finally got it after all this nonsense, this drama, this disappointment with the SNES, with the NES Classic, and there's talk of that that's going to be re-released in the summertime, so maybe I'll have a birthday miracle too because my birthday's in late July, so right as that training camp gets started. So there's my little Christmas miracle for this year. So... <laughs> <laughs> I'm finally getting the, the SNES Classic. I couldn't believe it. I got it. You know, I got it. It would said 90, 90% had been claimed, whatever, but I got it. I got in. <clears throat> it's still on there. I think it went up to like 90-something, which isn't that bad in comparison because other people would be selling it for 200 or plus, eBay, Amazon, whatever, but mostly third-party BS. And you never know what third-party. You just never know what you're going to get because it's like opening a box of chocolates. <clears throat> ha 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 so funny right so it's christmas and that's my little christmas miracle for this year um fun very fun very cool can't believe it still shocked and uh i hope all of you ha are having a wonderful christmas a wonderful new year's hanukkah and kwanzaa as well god bless everybody listening to this show please tell your friends about it if you could i greatly greatly appreciate it Enjoy the cold weather. I like cold weather as long as it's not too windy. I love breeze in the summer, but in the winter, it's a little different story. It hurts. The summer, it's heaven. Heaven. Breeze is more important than anything else in the summertime. Anything. It's just a godsend. It came from heaven. It, it really did. Breeze, it came from heaven, but it came from hell in the winter, right? But a cold day without much wind isn't that bad. It actually feels refreshing, and you feel more awake, And in my opinion. You don't have to agree with me. It's just an opinion. Heck, maybe you guys hate the Super Nintendo and our Xbox One and PS4. And if you like anything from <clears throat> before 2010, you're a piece of crap. Well, no, I like stuff way before 2010, that's for sure. <laughs> way before 2010. <clears throat> yeah, so point made. I'm, I'm talking 30 years before 2010. I go, yeah, I just love that stuff. Uh, even all the way back to the Atari 2600, not not just the, the newer ones, even slightly newer ones, we'll say slightly. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but no, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, New Year's, and all that. Of, of course, we'll talk about New Year's more in the next podcast, and of course, playoff preview, all that. The show ended up being a little longer than I thought, but, well, it always does, because I always end up talking about other stuff near the end of the show, and I end up loving it. And of course, there's fan interaction is like, it's just a long guy. It's a discussion and it's enjoyable. And I've noticed a lot of you really love the fan interaction, don't you? And it's fun. It just has that magical ingredient that other shows may or may not have out there. Maybe that's the difference between this show and others out there in the, in, in the podcasting world, the podcasting universe. There's that little magic ingredient that adds something special and you guys are that ingredient and i thank you very very much for being a part of it please do tell your friends just keep bringing more people into this purple mafia <laughs> into the purple mafia family please do write a positive rating on itunes or stitcher if you could it'd be greatly appreciated final way to get on the contact details the phone line is 209-736-7877 209-736-7877 it is a voicemail do treat it as such 
Mention you're calling in to the Probo Mafia show. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. It's greatly appreciated, always. Uh, it's a three-minute limit on the regular one there. Of course, the Call Now button on the Facebook page gets you through right away through the Facebook Messenger phone, and it's still the same three-minute limit, but it's free if you're long-distance from anywhere, so that's one option. And then the final option is the audio submission route, which Dave Martin often uses. Use the... Uh, you, you use the a free voice recording application on your smart device, whatever it is. Complete it, save it, send it to Purple Mafia, or excuse me, Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com, which is the original email address for every one of my shows. <laughs> every one of them, because this is Paladino Live Productions. It basically is. Uh, you just send it there. I will convert it from whatever it is into an MP3 file. Bada bing, bada boom. Thank God for Zamzar, uh, Zamzar.com. It helps very much there. And there you are on the show. There is no limit to that call. Most people keep it to about five, which I appreciate. But if it's ever a super premium type of show, like a Super Bowl championship show, bombs away, baby. Bombs away. The floor is yours. Uh, I'm not going to sit and comment and, and analyze everything you say, especially if it's a really long call. It's just your part of the show. That's just your segment. Boom. You're you're in. Enjoy. Celebrate a first championship in 57 years, that type of thing, and first major Minnesota sports championship in 26 years, the 91 Twins. Man, 26 years. Jack Morris got to the Hall of Fame this year, finally, after his 10-inning shutout at Game 7 back in good old 91, just days before the Halloween blizzard. Oh, wonderful memories. I loved that. I loved that winter. It was fun. And then there was 92, 93, you know, got, uh, 91, 92, I got Mega Man 2. It was a couple of years old already, but, man, I, I just have such fond memories of that Christmas for some strange reason. There's just, you know, even though... Half of my my class hated my guts for whatever reason, just because I was annoying or whatever, uh, this, that. I talked too much. I, I wasn't funny, whatever it was. But th- I still have fond memories of that time for whatever reason. Just just the because things were so enjoyable and there was such a special vibe. So I, I still appreciate it to this day. And, of course, the, all the Christmases way before that were, so, were, were even better. So we'll leave that as is. Uh, talking too much now. Thank you for listening. God bless you. We will talk to you next week with a 13-3 and football team.